The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. congregation it's your girl Lacey mosley aka scam goddess coming back with another installment of the podcast scam goddess all about fraud robbery and those who practice it sometimes we love them sometimes we hate them y'all know the vibes all right parasocial girls how y'all doing out there for real that's crazy you can respond with that's crazy to anything and it works okay you can be like oh i got hit by a car that's crazy oh i'm getting married that's crazy i guess that's kind of rude though y'all go with it though anyways i'm very what yes excited elated thrilled for today's guest today we have on an amazing writer mental health activist and comedian who i met many moons ago doing a scam buzzfeed Check out her long-running podcast, Just Between Us, which I have been on with her co-host, Gabe Dunn. She and Gabe authored the New York Times best-selling book, I Hate Everyone But You, a novel about best friends. Now she has a new book out entitled Overthinking About You, Navigating Romantic Relationships When You Have Anxiety, OCD, and or Depression. I will be picking this up and manifesting a relationship to have anxiety in. Congregation, please welcome Allison Raskin to the show. Hi, Allison. Hi, it's so good to see you. (laughs) <laughs> you too, truly. I can't believe that's how we met. We were doing a BuzzFeed. I know. Did it ever even come out? Yeah, it came out. Where was it? On BuzzFeed. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> what did you email me? I don't know. Uh, I think I, I feel like I saw it. It was a very moody video for BuzzFeed. Yeah, it was like a real scripted. I feel like I you had were the to lead. like. You were really like giving too. Oh, it thank was, you so yeah. much. Yeah, they, no, they haven't called me in years, but uh, that was probably the last one I did for them. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first and last. Actually, I think I just popped in cooking videos and other random stuff. Well, I mean, when we met, you hadn't done iCarly. You hadn't done the show. Like, you were like... uh, Yeah, I was the poor's. Well, it was, yeah, I mean, it's, a I nameless have to say, person. it's been so exciting to see your career in the last few years. Like, oh, it's like, um, I like, I feel like a, a proud, like, friend of your mom, like, or something, where I'm just like, being like, whoa, she got that too? Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, because you meet people doing all these jobs, and most people, you're like, oh, okay, they, good luck. But then you meet some people, and you're like, oh, they they have it. And that I hope luck. that they can, that other people see that too. And so it's been so awesome. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. It's 
it's always amazing to watch you. I mean, you were already doing great things when I met you, but watching everything and also watching your journey, I feel like I've, <laughs> parasocial relationships, y'all, it's not just y'all doing them out there with me. <laughs> I'm doing them now, listen, currently. Well, it's, it's mutual. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can put your business out there, but just like follow her on Instagram, especially like this, the advice you have about just like anxiety and about like attachment styles and everything that you talk about in relationships. Like it really resonates with me and I really appreciate it. Oh, wow. I'm getting yes. crying. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm like two. Every day these days, I'm like two minutes from crying. Like anything will set me off. Like if I like hit my baby toe like on a coffee table, I would lay in the fetal position and cry for a day. Like I'm not. That's <laughs> when I know a depressive episode is coming. When the tears yeah. when the tears are closer to the surface than normal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Honey, I saw a Tide commercial the other day. It was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in the episode. But here I am, guys, giving you an episode when I really shouldn't be. So <laughs> be grateful. Um, here we go. So I always ask on this podcast, what is your relationship with scams? Do you love them? Do you hate them? It could be anything. Have you run one? Have you been ran on? So I I laugh when I saw that, you know, this question was going to be asked of me because I'm such a great target for a scam. Um, oh, I've, I've been scammed that? multiple times. I like I, I had two things that came to mind. One when I was like a kid and one that was embarrassingly recently. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. Beat steps. I get scammed all the time. You do? Yeah. Hell yeah. I love them. I can warn people. I, there's certain scams like, you They're know. just too good. They're yeah. too good. They yeah. made it. I don't know if you've seen Abbott Elementary. <laughs> what am I saying? Of course you have. But there was a joke that y'all rude asses out there memed me in where uh, Barbara Howard's like, she's talking to someone and they're like, oh, I don't care if to have two-factor authentication on. Like, I just get, let them hack me. And they're like, they did hack you. They were, remember, they were posting all that porn. <laughs> <laughs> and that literally happened to me on this podcast. Uh, Jean-Elie was like, you should have on two-factor authentication. And I was like, I don't care. Like, they ain't getting no more of my information. The very next week, I was selling fake laptops on Twitter. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, okay. It's okay. So I feel better here. Yeah. But, um, so what happened? So I was like, I used to live um, in New York. I grew up in like a suburb of New York and, and there was a train station uh, like walking distance from my house. So I was probably like a teenager and there was this man who was like dressed like a professional and like had a briefcase and he was like, hey, like, I'm so sorry. I lost my wallet or something. I need $20 to like get a, a train ride home. Oh, yeah. An old school. Yeah. And um, so a part of the problem is like I don't necessarily want to become someone who's unscammable because I like to see the good in people. Right. You know, and like I like to take the risk that like, OK, as long as I'm not giving away something I can't afford to give away. Like if I'm I can the help exact you out, same way. I you like know? to see the good in people, and I love to see the bad in people as well. Yes, I like I like the extremes. Like, wow, um. <laughs> you are evil. Okay, and so it would have been bad enough if I had just like given him the money, which I did, and I I actually don't regret giving him the money. What I do regret is that he then said, "Let me get your address so I can mail it back to ma'am. you, <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, no, ma'am." <laughs> And the way that that's about to tie into this listener letter is blowing my mind because I didn't even know what the letter was going to be. So, no, ma'am. Yeah. No, ma'am. That, my parents were not happy with me. I'll tell you that much. But I never I never got kidnapped. I don't think we ever got broken into. I don't know. Maybe he just meant to mail it and forgot. 
Maybe he thought like that was gonna make it, it's weird because he already had the money, right? Yeah. By the time he asked for the address. Yeah. I think so. I can't yeah. remember exactly. But it was wild. And like looking back, like I should have just been like, we both know what this is. Here's your twenty dollars. Do you know right. what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. But also <laughs> Right on my address. You know, you the two train. You that's the best way to get to me, ma'am. I guess when I was like a little kid, my parents would be like, "What would what would you like?" They would try to test me because they knew I was bad at this stuff. They'd be like, "What would you do if a stranger said that they lost their dog and they needed your help?" I was like, "I would help them find their dog. I would drop everything. Yeah, get in their car, the window to spam, and drive around till we find the damn dog." (laughs) <laughs> and so you'd think that I would be better, but I'm really not because a few months ago, maybe at this point, it was like almost a, a year ago. I And I'll blame some of this on that, like, I had like major knee surgery last February and I feel like I was like still recovering and maybe not firing on all cylinders and stuff. But Been there. I woke up to these emails from... Um, This is so tragic because they're in the news right now. But my bank, which I historically really love, is First Republic Bank, um, which is on the brink of collapse. (laughs) um, I get all these emails from them being like, hey, like someone tried to log into your Zelle account. Like somebody tried to do this, like da da da. And I was like, oh, no, not again. Because I've had a ton of fraud, um, which is, I, I think, separate. From scam? No, it's in the family. It's one. It's in the scamily, but it is one of the zeitgeists that I have a really hard time sympathizing with because if, unless you're scamming up, like stealing people's money is just so fucked. Oh yeah, I had someone. I think someone stole my driver's license from the mail, and then used it to um, rent a, a Lincoln Navigator, what? and then never returned. <laughs> So they didn't rent it. They stole it. They just stole the Lincoln Navigator. <laughs> they put a little something on it and then they said, that's yeah. it. And then I got this thing in the mail that was like, excuse me, this is Enterprise. Please return your Lincoln Navigator. They're like, hey, Allison, you owe us one Lincoln Navigator. Yeah. You're like, um, y'all is trying to scam me, Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, but that one wasn't my fault. But this next one, this First Republic one was my fault because then... I got all these emails and then I like get a phone call and they're like, Mm -hmm. this is First Republic. Like we're calling about these things. And I was like, oh, okay. Like this is First Republic. Makes makes sense. sense. I got got these emails. emails, Right. But then this is where I really went wrong was they do this thing. Well, also they were they were tricky because the number that showed up on my cell phone was Was the the number. number. Yes. And I didn't know at the time that that was a thing that that these. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I was like thinking I was being so smart because I was like Googling it and being like, oh, well, it's the right number. Um, And then where I really lost all sense of of self was when they like made me log into something and then Mm. it sent me an automated password. And in the text, it said, we will never ask you for this password. And then the woman was like, give me the What's password. <laughs> okay, Allison. Listen, I told you I'm not going to judge you, sis. I'm not going to judge you. We're not going to judge you here, okay? They might. The fan, Yeah, the I deserve might. it. I, But, like, as First Republic being a wonderful bank, I actually, I they covered everything. They caught all the fraud before it happened. I think I caught on to it quick enough where there was no long-term damage to me other than I had to close all my bank accounts and open all new bank accounts and I'm still locked out of Zelle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for 
first of all, Zell is very rude for like that wasn't your fault, right? Yeah, it but won't let me in. Zell is notoriously, and we've talked about it at nauseum, one of the rudest bitches sending money back and forth out here. Okay, the bitch is disrespectful. She's like, I already asked you twenty times if it was her, so no, you can't have the money back. That's not my problem. Ugly. <laughs> If you're trying to call Zell, they're like straight to voicemail. They're like, we don't talk to people. We don't service. Yeah. <laughs> the service is sending the money. We don't do anything else. I don't know because I can't use it. <laughs> it won't let me. Damn. That's a mean lick. I know. That's a mean lick. But you know what? You're, you're learning and, yes. and you're growing every day. That's all we can do. Mm-hmm. I let a little boy scam me the other day. Really? Yes. I got in the elevator. And this little, you know, the the kids who always talking about they going to basketball camp oh, or yeah. whatever. But this happened in my building. Well, that's tough. Which I was like kind of a little uncomfortable because we were on the elevator together. He gets off on a lower floor and then we went to our apartment. And like a knock happens at the door. And for me as a woman, I live alone. Um, but my cousin's in town. That's why I said our apartment. But like a knock at my door, like unannounced. Horrifying. I'm like, the fuck? Like there's yeah. no, no one should ever be pulling up on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is not the 50s, bitch. Like we're not selling vacuum door to door Get, what are you trying and to you're in an apartment building you're used to nobody knocking yes like i i because now i'm living like in a house and people knock and it's terrifying like because you're accessible in this way right. that like i didn't i you know i lived in an apartment building for like seven years like i wasn't used to anyone ever being at my door unannounced <laughs> i'm like you're here to murder me huh yeah like, there's only yeah. one reason you could be course. here and honestly it feels more egregious to knock on a home in an apartment for me for some reason. No, people love to knock. They love to come by. They have flyers. Oh. Uh, one man came by with his daughter and and just read me a, a Bible verse after I had, had told him I was Jewish and therefore probably not his target audience. Yeah. But then he was like, but would you still like this verse? And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, and see, that's, that's one thing I do love. I, I'm Christian, but I do love that about Jewish people. It's like Jewish people are not like... Like, Lahayam, have oh, you yeah. heard of, like, they are not trying to get the girls to join up, which makes it enticing to me. Because I'm like, why y'all, y'all just yeah. doing y'all own thing? It's but very Christians funny. are so fucking annoying. We'd be like, have you heard the good word? No, bitch, you need to join Jesus with me. Like, what? Why are we so thirsty? Like, Well, the pro- in, in reality, though, it is it is problematic in a different way because Jews are sort of like, we don't want you. <laughs> chosen people but what they will do is they'll go after non-religious jews so like you got your orthodox your you know hasidic jews they're maybe going after you saying hey you're already jewish let's amp it up be for real yeah like let's get let's get serious yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and i love that no but yeah so he knocked on my door and the only reason i opened the door is because my cousin is with me and he you know is male so i I think i felt safer and we had just seen him and he he was like hey i'm selling these like gift coupons so it was like you give me 25 dollars and you get it and first of all i ain't seen this motherfucker scam since i was like 10 it brought me back it was nostalgic 25 dollars is a big ask it is and but it was a long little it was one sheet that was laminated, right, with all these little uh, Wingstop and Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. It was Bell. like a coupon book? Yeah, but it was like a coupon um, laminate one piece of paper. Okay. <laughs> that you get to keep? Yes. And you can cut it out and you can use the little coupons on just the worst fast food. And I was- love that it was laminated, but you have to cut it up. That makes it really that makes complicated. No You're right. 
How are you supposed to use that? Honestly, I haven't seen one of these since I was like eight or nine years old. So I'm, so it might be from that time. <laughs> I wonder if people even accept those. I don't even know. But when I tell you this, he was the cute little black boy. Uh, he was shaking like a leaf. He was like reading his presentation. How old was he? He's got a, he couldn't have been more than like 16, oh, 17. Yeah. For some reason, when racist white people look at black children, they age them up. But since I am black, I look at him and I'm like, this is definitely a baby. This is a child, yeah. <laughs> and so he's holding this notebook and he's reading from the notebook and he's like, hello, sir or ma'am, uh, I have, and, oh. and I'm trying to go to basketball camp and I really do play basketball. Um, uh, Here, I'll show you my Instagram. See, this, this is me at school playing. He had lots of pictures of him playing basketball. This is, I like this. This is a good pitch. <laughs> and he was so nervous. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I don't have any cash. Do you have Venmo? He flipped that binder over and he had a QR code on that bitch. <laughs> I said, I know that's motherfucking right. I was like, I don't even care if this is a scam. <laughs> I scanned that shit. This happened this week. I scanned that shit so fast to him to 25. He was like, no, you got to take the little receipt, the coupons. And I was like, baby, I don't eat at those kinds of places. <laughs> Oh, y'all got to think I'm a snob. Okay, every now and then I have to, I might have to make the Taco Bell ring, but I was like, I don't want this coupon, but I'm not going to bring this with me places. <laughs> I was like, oh. no, just try to run it on somebody else. Sell it twice. Bye, baby. I would love to see a series of you using those coupons, though. <laughs> I, would, I would watch that. <laughs> and it being laminated and everyone being so confused about that. That shit has to be from the 2000s. <laughs> Where the fuck did you get laminated coupons? I don't know. Yeah. I wish I had a lamination machine, though. I feel like I would laminate everything. Yeah, I have a label maker, and oh, that makes me feel very so classy. nice. Yes, oh, I label wow. the inside of all my drawers. Well, with what? Just like, this is underwear. This is da, 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 da. So that way, if people clean my house, like they know where things go, and they don't mess it up. Is that crazy? Brilliant. No, because <laughs> the thing about like getting your house cleaned, which is a wonderful privilege, is sometimes you have no idea where the stuff went. Yeah. And, and then you're sort crazy. of just kind of. And so what I always do is I'm always I put everything away ahead of time. So you pre-clean. I pre I pre-clean and due to my contamination OCD, I post-clean as well. I do pre-clean as well. But it's mostly because of my shame of anybody thinking that I would ever have a, anything messy. <laughs> Do sometimes I'm like, oh, I wonder if they think that that our house is pretty clean compared to other houses. They see. One time I didn't pre-clean, and they cleaned way harder than they normally do. And I think it was because they were like, she is having a mental health crisis. Oh. So this is just out of control. We should also call nine one one when we finish the tub. <laughs> like, they were like, something is bad wrong. We're gonna take a quick break for some non-scam advertisements, and we'll be right back with what's hot and fried. Ooh, do you feel that in the air? Yes, that is summertime. It's in the breeze. It's in the trees. And y'all know when the sky comes out, <laughs> the thighs come out. And as the weather gets hotter, it's time to say bye to jackets and sweaters and hey to shorts and tees. If you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. Y'all know I love Quince. If you want to be looking chic year after year with classic pieces that you can dress up, dress down, wear around town, you got to get into Quince. They have premium European linen dresses. I have one in green and oh, when I wear it, it is a showstopper. Blouses, shorts from $30, y'all. Washable silk tops, which I told y'all I love those. I actually went back and got it in navy. I got it in the white like cream and I just know when I wear it, I'm going to feel like Diane Keaton on the beach thinking about my life. 
it's like white cream. Are you kidding me? It's giving rich, okay? Quince is that girl. Y'all know you see me in their pieces all the time. Get into it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash goddess for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash goddess to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash goddess. Finding the perfect t-shirt has always had me like Goldilocks, trying on shirts. This one's too hard. This one's too soft. And it fell apart because y'all know I got it from a cheap website. And this t-shirt from Skims is just right. From fit to quality, it is one of my, like, these are my favorite t-shirts. I have three different ones. Y'all know I love me an Onyx because I'm going to be wearing black all the time. Um, They have a cotton long sleeve jersey tee that I really like too because the material is so soft. But when I put it in the washer, she don't have a whole transformation or makeover. It's not move that bus when I take it out. She looks the way that she looked when I put her in. And we know we cannot say that for all t-shirts, okay? So you can have staple t-shirts that you can mix and match and wear up or down. Maybe we're going to a fancy night out. Maybe we're going on a date. Maybe we're lounging around the house. I love these shirts so much because I can do so many different things with them. It's like, I'm telling y'all, Skims, they doing right over there. I got on the underwear right now. I can't give it up. I think they got me, y'all. I'm not even playing. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know I sent you. After you place your order, select Scam Goddess in the survey and select my show in the drop-down menu that follows. We are back, and it's time for What's Hot and Fraud. This is where we warn you guys about a scam on the streets, or more often than not, we get a letter from you all. So, snitch on your friends and family at scamgoddesspot at gmail.com. Just make sure your scam is retired, because we don't want to what? Yes, fuck up your bag. Amen. So, I need a fake name, Allison. We don't care about gender. Um, Luis. I love Luis. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. It reminds me of Luis from Bob's Burgers, which is my favorite cartoon. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't watch cartoons, and I think that I'm having a worse life experience due to that. But I just can't get into it. That's. In- I, I love them. I loved them growing up, but yeah. something happened, and I can't <laughs> oh, access an joy anymore. Weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you became an adult. That's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I might be the one in the wrong here. No, but I just I can't get enough. Love it so much. Uh, so Louise says, "My name is." I'm going to say Louise, even though you put your real name here. You know how this goes. <laughs> I hope you enjoy this bizarre scam. Before I get into it, though, I just want the viewers to know I feel like things ended fairly and I hold nothing against the other dude, just the company that he works for. Okay. All right. <laughs> the viewers. <laughs> what y'all seeing is? Now, do you think, <laughs> are you somebody who thinks you should forgive or do you think that it's totally fine to hold on to resentments and that's okay? Um... I don't really hold grudges against people because it feels like more emotional work yeah. for me. Right. But there are certain people that have done things to me that like I, I ain't never gonna like Right. I'm you don't want them in your life it. anymore. Yeah. 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 Like one time this girl that I used to do comedy with, like we went out, I think I got roofied and we were gonna go to another party and I just like completely blacked out and then she left me in her car. I woke up in her car the next day. What? Yeah. I'll never forgive that bitch. Oh my god! Oh. And so and I see her a lot. Oh, do you, do you, so I think I I think in that situation, 
my instinct would be to fake niceness. Yeah, that's what I do. Okay, because I don't know how to like really be mean to someone's face. But in my head, I would be, I, I do certain people. But, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it's, like, but then in your heart, you're like, oh, I hate this person. Yeah. And it's okay that I hate them, and I shall hate them forever. And she'll hate them forever. <laughs> Yo. Literally. They're going to be like, rest in peace. I'm going to be like, no, I'm resting in petty, bitch. I still fucking hate you. Yeah, It's not, like, an active hate. hate. It's no. not, like, taking over your life. You're no. not thinking about I'm it all the time. I'm when I see the person. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I hate I But hate I'm you. just like you. Like, I, I'm nice to them. It's yeah. so weird. I yeah. just don't enjoy being mean to people because I feel like it puts it to me in, like, a bad mood. Like, right. Some people, like, being mean is fun. They're like, no, this is a great time. Like, I'm living. And so I think that's why they can do that. But me personally, being mean feels like I'm in a bad mood. Like, I'm, Absolutely, yeah. I'm being evil and nasty. Like, I don't like to be mean. Because <laughs> so. you still get to decide, like, what you put out into the world. Exactly. And, and I'd, I'd rather, rather put nice. out nice. Yeah, yeah. And people be like, that's fake because you don't like them. But I'm like, what do you want me to do, bitch? Like, just be like, right. hey, I don't like you. <laughs> like, every time I see them, like, that feels, like, weird. <laughs> I agree completely. <laughs> I hate you. Remember what you did to me to make me hate you? Like, what am I? Why would I do this? So, yeah, we we very much agree there. Um, so, Louise says, a few years ago, I was working as a social worker here in L.A. One morning, I was on my way to meet a client and got stuck in some stop-and-go traffic on the freeway. Ooh, that's stop-and-go traffic. That's a good place for scams. Like, where you gonna go? You gonna leave your car? Huh? Oh, I already feel so bad because being a social worker is so hard. It's so hard. My mom used to be a social worker. Like, shout out to the social workers. Y'all are out there like. If you're going to scam people, don't scam social workers. That should be a general rule. Like, they are very busy trying to save the children. I know. Like, we should probably not do that to them. So uh, this is on me, of course. But I thought things were slow enough that I text my boss to let her know where I was going, which is required on our job. Okay. Just as I was doing that, at the stop and go, turned into a stop, and I hit the car in front of me. Ooh. Okay. So you were actively texting and driving, which is very Los Angeles. Yeah. Like, for me, texting and driving is like, if I'm at a stop sign, or like, no, not stop sign, because if you're a stop sign, like, you have to pay attention. If you're at a red light. <laughs> no, I stop at every stop sign for a cool 30 to 40 seconds, no matter what's going on. It's a little break for me. Yeah, answer an email, and then keep driving. But no, like, if I'm at a red light, I might glance at my phone or, like, return a text. But, yeah. like, in L.A., I have actively seen people, their vehicles are moving. Their phone is up in front uh-huh. of their face. And their car is moving. Yes, it's terrifying. <laughs> like, is this a, one of the worst places to drive? I was on the way here. I had this whole incident where there were like two right turn lanes and I was in the one to the left. And there were these cars in front of me that had no idea what they wanted to do. And the car in front of me had the right blinker on, but then like wasn't moving and then got into the left lane. And I, I honked. I almost never honk because, like we talked about, I try to be nice. But I was like, this is absurd. Yeah, you need to get off the road. I gave it a light honk. Like, I hate when people, that's another thing people do in L.A. And maybe they do this in other cities, but people drive their cars, like, as their thoughts. So instead of being like, where do I need to go? Now I turn the wheel. Here, people be like, where am I going? Yeah. (laughs) They're all going. While they figure it out. (laughs) While they figure it out. I'm like, bitch, the fuck? You just made a right. And I'm guilty of this. I'm... (laughs) I have, like, made a left turn from the farthest right lane. Well, that's the thing. 
is I have to sometimes be like, everyone driving in LA has like way too much main character energy (laughs) where it's like, they're like, no matter what happens, I have to accomplish my goal. It's about me. It's about, and it's like, look, sometimes you just are not, that exit's not going to happen for you. Like you didn't get over fast enough. Things are happening. Like you can't hold up the entire city because you have to get where you're going. But that's not, uh, people disagree. I try to practice good karma so like if i'm on the road and i don't have to be anywhere at a certain yes, time me too. i'll let you in i'll let you in now bitch if i'm running late oh ho, you're not getting in okay you should have merged earlier bitch <laughs> no or sometimes i'll like get so obsessed with like was it fair i'll be like because like when you merge like you know you one car one car yeah. one and so like i'll let the car go in front of me but then if that other car tries to go i'm like this was not your turn right that's like cheating. you got it yeah you got you can't there's so many taken advantage of. You are of. such dicks when they drive out here. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we just went on such a tangent. Y'all are like, how you get back to it? Yes, fine. We'll do the podcast, okay? Let me have it, all right? I'm tired. <laughs> so back to it. This person, uh, Louise, rear-ends someone because they're doing what everyone in L.A. does. So I couldn't have been going more than 15 miles an hour, but it was hard enough hit that I did a little damage to the other car's bumper. 15 miles an hour, you shouldn't have... You, you, Anytime the car's moving, bro. Like, why are you on your phone? But okay. So the other car, an old green Toyota Corolla from like 1998, stopped in front of me in the middle of the freeway. There was a young man in the driver's seat who was sitting totally still as if frozen in fear. He stayed that way for a few minutes until he eventually got out and I joined him to exchange information. He was a young man from Guatemala with a friendly boyish face and must have been around age 19. He still seemed quite shaken up. Okay, there's so many details in here, babe. I love you, but like, let's get to it. Okay. He's like, he was a Toyota, and it was green, and, you know, he was a young Guatemalan boy. And he was like, sir, what happened? Oh, my God. <laughs> We're setting the scene. We're getting it, some context. This is some great writing, though, Louise. It really is. <laughs> like, you, you really brought me in, but also you're about to hijack my podcast, uh, which I can't afford because I've been rambling. You know, I'm just going to read it. Fuck it. We're going to go along. All right, so. Seeing as it was a minor hit, I suggested that I pay for the damage in order to not go to insurance. But of course, I still provided him with my info in case he changed his mind. He agreed and said he would contact me once he had gotten an estimate from a body shop. I get that, like, because the insurance rates will skyrocket. And as a girl with terrible cut rate insurance, um, I get not wanting it on your record. This just happened to me. I just, as we're sitting here, I'm like, oh yeah, Allison, you just hit a car in the parking garage and are waiting for the person to get you the estimate. Damn, you hit a parked car. <laughs> I hit a parked car. <laughs> Not for the first time. Um, Damn, I didn't hit parked cars too. Cause I, cause I'm, I was turning into the spot, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't uh, do it right. I've done that. I've also yeah. hit parked cars. Yeah. Uh, and then parked cars have, or other cars have hit me while I was mm-hmm. parked. One time mm-hmm. I just left my uh, rear, or side view mirror on my, what is the word for it? Hood. Yeah. Really? They just left the mirror on the hood. No note? No note. Wow. I I, <laughs> I was raised to leave a note. You got to leave a note. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess they were like, look, I'm too broke for a note, but <laughs> I, I pick it up so nobody else <laughs> wanted, You could probably stick it back on, maybe. <laughs> Honestly, I wish they had left it on the ground. It feels more rude that you got out of your car right. and picked it up. Maybe somebody else did that. Okay, maybe some. That's what right. I. That's my guess is that that person just rammed you, kept going, and then a good Samaritan was like, "Well, I guess I could pick this up." Yeah, you're right. You're right. Thank you. Because the person who we'll sped off know, definitely, but... definitely wasn't like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I'm right back to it. <laughs> God damn. So. 
I didn't hear from him for a bit, but then a week later I got a text asking how I was doing. I said I was good, and I asked if he had a chance to get the estimate. He said not yet, but that he would do it soon. I received a few. Uh, I received a few more texts like that asking how I was, and I wondered if he was hitting on me. Uh oh. Yet. <laughs> this is this is upsetting. Where is this going? I'm upset. <laughs> so eventually, I learned the real reason for his friendliness after another text asking how my day was going. He's like, "How you doing, boo? You hit anybody else with your car? You still texting and driving, baby?" So he mentioned that he worked for a company that sells cookware and asked if I would be willing to come over so that he could give me a sales presentation, which included cooking chicken for me on his wares. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Did she go? Please tell so me remember, she didn't go. Remember when you were like, oh, yeah, I gave him 20 bucks and my ass. Yeah. <laughs> So it says, I felt so bad for having scared the bejesus out of him when I rear-ended him, and I was really hoping to stay on his good side so he wouldn't involve my insurance. So you have desperation here. He's like, don't call. I'll stay. I'm trying to stay in these hands. And he was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go over there. So my partner desperately tried to talk me out of it, saying I was crazy and that he was a murderer. But he was a small dude with such a friendly face, so I felt confident I would be safe. What? This person, I you that that's upsetting. Your to boyfriend me. <laughs> or a partner, or whoever this person is, like, <laughs> why did you listen to them? It's like, oh yeah, small people they can't hold guns, right? Luis they was can't. like, I can take him. He's so little. <laughs> <laughs> you know, little people can't pull a trigger. Little people can't stab oh you. You know, little people can't poison the chicken that they cook for you in their wares. Oh yeah, I mean, like, there's so many ways for small people to murder you. <laughs> I also just like it's so intimate to eat someone else's food that they cook for you in their home. Like that's like as it, I don't know. It's like what it is so like, similar, what's the cleanliness Allison. of their kitchen? Yeah, I was just talking about this on another episode. I don't eat people's house food. I was talking about that with Kelsey. I call it house food and it's disgusting. I'm not eating it. We're on the I, same page. I I do it for exposure therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I always take it and then I throw it away. Y'all know. <laughs> And then they'll ask me, they'll be like, how was it? And I've already said this on this podcast, but I lied to them. So if you're listening to this and I've taken food from you, I did not eat it. I was lying and I'll do it again. What, what if you're like at a table and everyone's eating? Uh, you put in your napkin? I'll be moving it around. Yeah. There's only a few people I will eat their house food. Okay. So you have a few exceptions. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I don't go to events where I would have to eat stuff that I don't trust. Right. That's great. I just won't go. <laughs> I have, uh, I'm going to Gabe's uh, Seder, and Gabe is notoriously non hygienic. I don't even think it's <laughs> controversial for me to say this. And uh, I already like prepped myself. I was like, Allison, you're going to have to eat the food. And then they warned me. They were like, just so you know, it's being catered, so you don't have to be afraid. <laughs> See, Gabe knows what's up. Yeah. Gabe was like, don't even worry about it. Ain't going to be no house food over here. Yeah. Okay? Y'all come over here, all right? <laughs> you know, get the prayers going over the outside food, okay? I love it. I love this. So, Luis says, I met him at his apartment in Koreatown, and he proceeded to give me an incredibly boring two to three hour presentation on the cookware. I'm aghast. Two to three hours. Damn, Louise, you really do not want him to call your insurance. <laughs> I can't even. You done got in a lot of accidents, haven't you, Louise? 
And you know your ass finna get dropped. You probably getting dropped from the general. Like, the general gonna give you a dishonorable discharge. Like, that's how <laughs> oh many God, accidents you Oh my God, I forgot about in. the general. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like, I don't even, I don't think I could speak to anything for two to three hours. Like, one topic. I don't no. know that much about anything. And he knows that much about, about his. About cookware? Yeah. Wild. Like, all you gotta tell me is it doesn't stick and it and it and it's the temperature, like, it doesn't get wonky. And, yeah. and then I'm like, I will buy it. What could you even be saying? I don't about know. Maybe they're cook. Maybe it's cooking. Maybe that's while they're cooking. Like it's like this is how it cooks in the, the meat. beginning when man invented fire. <laughs> like how far you gotta take it way back, bro? Like what? Yeah, nah, nah. Or this man is sexy. This man is just so sexy, beautiful. Like. I don't get it. I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. The, the way that this person or Louise described uh, this man, maybe maybe he's sexy, beautiful. Because I just don't even. But understand. nineteen, I feel like, is a child. Yeah, that's if too you're young. an adult, yeah, that's too that's young. too young for yeah. you. That's just my general opinion. No, that's a. I, I don't even know where to meet nineteen year olds. Yeah, like I've never around the, them. The and co- I never a college library. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that sounds like the playground. <laughs> like, if you're encountering 19 year olds and you're an adult, you're, you're weird. <laughs> Leave them children alone. <laughs> but this, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't understand what, what could possibly have been happening for this to continue. So true to his word, he did cook me chicken on one of the pans, and it was pretty tasty. Finally, at the end of the presentation, he told me that if I bought some of his fancy pans, he would forego the charge to fix his car. The pyramid scheme company he worked for probably had some bonuses in it for him, so that was probably more worth it to him than fixing some cosmetic stuff on his old-ass car. I didn't need any frying pans, but I figured money is money, so I leafed through the catalog to see the cookware ranging from 300 to 1000 and beyond. What? Beyond a thousand. I mean, look... There's people out there paying. And at this point, she doesn't even know what the estimate is, right? So she doesn't even know what she's working against. No. Okay, that's a big mistake. I mean, but on a 1998, like, oh, it's probably not going to be that expensive. Yeah. Or maybe it would be more expensive because you can't find the parts. I don't know. I don't know, Chad. I ain't Bob the Builder. I ain't Bobby Should the Builder. I don't think (laughs) so. So, I don't know cars that well, but I figured that an old beat-up Corolla bumper couldn't be more than $400. So, I found a frying pan that was going for that rate. Yes, one single pan. Uh, I mean, there's La Crusade. I get it. However, he quietly told me that he needed me to spend more on the order for us to be square. And at that point, I felt a little bit hustled. But what could I do? So, yeah, what could you do? You could leave. Like, you could just leave the apartment. Mm -mm. Louise, I've been in too many accidents. (laughs) Louise is up, 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 up a creek, okay, <laughs> without a paddle, okay. They gonna, they gonna take Louise's car away if somebody else files that. Kind of, okay, I know what type of time Louise on. Several speeding tickets, warrants. Oh my <laughs> like, God. They, this person could have got more. So I landed on six, a $600 walk, which he agreed to. As I was leaving, he asked if I would want to hang out sometime. What? But I felt a little used. I gave him the L.A. sure, maybe, and never saw him again. I later looked up the same walk and saw it on the company website selling for $250. (gasps) So it was a scam, but I got a great story out of it. My partner and I still use the walk every week. (laughs) I'm blown away. I Wow. And I guess what I like the most about this is Luis's attitude. 
that she sort of, you know, she has the right attitude to be a social worker. You know, people are difficult, things happen, life's right. hard, but ultimately you just lead with positivity, I guess. Louise, that glass, <laughs> one thing about Louise, that glass always half full, okay? Yes. The walk is always half full. The walk is always half full, baby. <laughs> and I love that. This was, you know what, Louise, I take it back. This was long, but you painted a beautiful web, and I really enjoyed the whole thing. <laughs> so you scared me about a half a podcast episode, and I loved it. Thank you so much, Louise. All right, we're going to take one more quick break for some non-scam advertisements. And we'll be back, I promise, with the show, y'all. Like, we're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to have it. Robbery! People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. And it's time for my favorite part of the show, Historic Hoodwinks. This is where I will regale out some of the famous con caper group of criminals, single individual. We don't know yet. Maybe we love them. Maybe we hate them. We'll see. So I have a content warning up here up top. There is a brief mention of violence. And you you all know I will, you know, we'll get over that real quick. Uh, we don't like to get into the dark things. So in the 1970s. Mm, in the I was 1970s, just thinking about the 1970s last night and how that was 50 years ago. Damn. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. I mean, I wasn't up then. I wasn't alive. Uh, was my mama alive? Yeah, so. <laughs> but but it is wild to think that that's 50 years yeah. ago. I just everyone sit with that for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> if y'all feel that impending doom. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, 1970s, 1980s, almost every New Yorker knew who Crazy Eddie was. His commercials blared from streetside television, selling them at crazy prices. And at one point, he was considered more recognizable than Mayor Ed Koch. <laughs> However, the king of discount electronics was also the king of fraud. Uh-oh. So let's see. Look, this is Crazy Eddie. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, this was a time when when men would ball, like when they would go ball, they would just like sit in it. Yeah, they, they weren't like, doing anything vibe. about it. Yeah. Yeah, there was no hair plugs. They weren't just like shaving their head completely bald. They were like, nah, I got like a little... <laughs> I'm just going to wait this out and let it do okay. its own thing. I got a little C. <laughs> I will say this looks like it's from a movie. It does. Like because the two, the U.S. Marshals are like really given something. They are. They have a presence there's like a mullet happening yeah. on one of them and they look kind of undercover except for the jacket. I can't get a sense of the dress code here because one U.S. Marshal is wearing like a button up with a tie and then the other one has on like a sweatshirt. Is that Notre Dame? 
Yeah, I think it's a Notre Dame sweatshirt. So honestly, this is we're looking at a real odd couple duo, and I'd like to watch Ooh, their sitcom. They got a buddy cop right? vibe. As That's they go is. across the country and, and find criminals. Yeah, for like the, US the one with the button up, he's like, buy the books. Yes. And the other one is like the Mar- uh, the uh, the Will Smith type. Yeah, he doesn't play by the rules, no. but he is very charismatic. Oh, yeah. And he gets the goods. Yeah, and he's definitely breaking the law all the time. <laughs> and the other one's like, come on, we got to do it by the books. And he's like, come on, you know you're dirty. Like, he goes into, like, uh, the hood, uh, you know, gas stations and roughs up the people. Like, you seen this guy? Yeah. If you don't give us the info. Yeah. Like, and then the other partner is like, well, this is not the right gas station. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely the type who, like, he walks into any shady establishment and somebody just takes off running and then he just chases them all the way down, yeah, beats like, them up, and then gets the information. like, who are you? <laughs> no idea who it is. <laughs> and Crazy Eddie do look a little crazy. His tie is very misconstrued. That's not the right word. His tie. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, his, it's, his tie is misunderstood and misconstrued. No, <laughs> I stand by it. Um, but yeah, he looks a little crazy. I love it. So who is Crazy Eddie? Crazy Eddie's real name is Eddie Antar, born in 1947 and grandson to Syrian Jewish immigrants. Oh, so we got some the, the Oh, this people. is perfect. Thank you for yes. picking me for this. <laughs> you know them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we do. They're going to be at the Seder as okay, well. Okay, they're going to be at the Seder. Okay, cool, cool. I figured. So Eddie grew up in Brooklyn and at the age of 16 dropped out of high school to rip off customers at tourist traps in Midtown Manhattan. I love dropping out of high school because you found your passion. Well, you know, a lot of kids drop out for the arts or creativity. This sounds like art to me. Yeah, it is. So according to the man who would later become his creative uh, director, Larry Weiss. So he was like, he dropped out of school. He was like, no, crime, my passion. (laughs) So having become a well or well practiced at selling people low quality merchandise at huge markups, Eddie opened his first retail operation in 1969 with his father, Sam and cousin, Ronnie. Mm, okay. Family. Keep it in the family. Yeah. So this- I always do think that, like, these people that grow up and become scammers, were they taught murky morals? Right? Like, because, right. like, if you grow up and your parents are like, oh, this is good, this is bad, like, don't steal, don't do this. But if you grow up kind of seeing your parents, like, like do cheat little- the systems, yeah. do little scams, then, like, you're just idea of how the world works and, like, what's okay is going to be different. That's very true. Because, I, like, I think that because my mom is so audacious, like, people are shocked by the amount of audacity that I have. And it's, like, so genuine. I'm like, no, I deserve everything. <laughs> no, I remember calling a white man one time and I was like, how do they treat you? Like genuinely, like tell me all like what they do for you, and he he told me, and I was like, great, I'm gonna go get that because that's what I deserve. <laughs> I love, I mean, I love that. I I want to model that energy. It's amazing. Because <laughs> if you're not a straight white man, sometimes you don't even know how good your life could be. So I was like, well, how is your life? I do bump into this a bit with like <laughs> what my dad's experience of life is yeah. versus like what everyone else's. Like literally on the way here, he was like saying like, well, yeah, you can you can email your doctors and they'll email you back. And I was like, my doctors won't email me back. What are you talking <laughs> about? I don't just have like all access e- like you to my doctors. To your doctor's and, house. You're and they're showing, fine. You're showing the weird <laughs> ache. What do you mean? You're the king of the world. Exactly. <laughs> No, literally, my I got a partial scholarship to Pitt, and my mom called and was like, "Give my daughter more money, like give her the full scholarship. You're gonna want her there." Like literally, and then they just did. That's amazing. She was like, "This is like she haggled like I was a fucking car." <laughs> well, she was right, and now you're very successful, right? And I and I am very. 
mouthy and little. <laughs> okay? And I, that's, you know, so I think, I, I think you're right. I think there's something to it. So we got the cousin, we got the dad, and we got Crazy Eddie. The store that they opened up is called Sights and Sounds and sold discount stereos, records, VCRs, clock radios, and television sets in Brooklyn. I love that how, like, most of that stuff we don't use anymore except for TVs. Yeah. I feel like hotels still have a clock radio. Yeah, that's true. They, clock radio. It's hard to find a hotel without one. I feel like a clock radio is not something... I have one, but it's not something that I would... Per- like, I would never leave my house and be like, I gotta go get a clock radio. You have one still? I, it was a gift. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but it's like, I would never go... Like, I've never, like, you written never- on a list, like, clock radio. <laughs> I think they just appear in your house. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody just goes out and buys them. I don't even know who sells them. But so they're selling all this shit, right? And for discounts. But instead of buying his merchandise from official manufacturers, Eddie bought his products from places like Corner Distributors, a shady shop in the North Bronx. According to Larry, Corner was one of the businesses in New York City of the 70s that you did not fuck. Oh, excuse me. With which you did not fuck. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I've never fucked a business. Like, that seems fine. No, you don't fuck with them, okay? Mm-hmm. So he's getting all this stuff from the shady-ass corner store. With his business model constructed, Eddie decided to buy commercial time, an unprecedented decision as consumers in electronics were very rarely advertised at television at the time. So nobody was doing this type of shit. Uh, my uncle is a dentist in Long Island, and he pays for local TV ads. Really? Yes, and then I, he says that sometimes he'll get recognized, like, at the mall. <laughs> I love that. Your uncle was like, I'm going to be a bad bitch. Teeth, teeth, teeth. <laughs> your mouth stanky? Your, your teeth hurt? Come on in. Come on in. <laughs> uncle Rass. <laughs> Let me get in your mouth. <laughs> like, oh, my God, I love him. <laughs> it's almost to be a star. Just because I do teeth don't mean I can't also be a star. And it's so funny. And then, like, you know, he always, like, tries to, like, com- like kind of, like, compare himself with me. Where he'll be like, oh, you do you have a book out? I'm writing a book. And I'll be like, oh, okay. And he'll be like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm writing a book about teeth. <laughs> It's going to be a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> They're going to make it into a movie. <laughs> he's going to be the, he's probably the most famous dentist. I think maybe on Long Island. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Yeah, you don't know at the tooth conferences he's that girl, okay? He's signing autographs. Also, he's a totally different person when he's my dentist versus my uncle. Like when he's my uncle, he like, I don't know, we don't have like a very close relationship at all, but when I used to go to him as my dentist, he would be like Great to see you. Like, he, he would turn it on. He turned it on because he's an actor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, if I really want to catch up with him, I better go get, better... In the, get in the dentist chair. Okay. Because then he's getting some coin. <laughs> That's what I'm motherfucking talking about. So Larry was the one to come up with the moniker Crazy Eddie and developed the abrasive yet effective commercials. We have a video montage of these abrasive yet oh, wow. effective commercials. Anything and everything goes. Demonstrators, floor samples, red tag specials, all with full manufacturer's guarantees and most priced at or below. Oh, oh, oh we've got a big mullet goes. type thing. Not Crazy mullet, mallet. Wow, he's It's also interesting to be on this episode because I, you know, I talk a lot about language use. I don't use the term crazy anymore. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to, like, have this guy. So every time, and it's funny because, like, I used to say crazy constantly. Like, it was, like, a, you know, it was in my vernacular now that I've stopped using it. Every time I hear it, I'm like, ooh, 
I like flinch a little bit when yeah. I hear it. It's hard for me, but I have actively tried to take it. I mean, obviously, I still say it at times, but I've tried to take it out of my lexicon and instead say wild. Like, yeah. like oh, that's wild. That's wild. I do wild and bananas. Yeah, because it's, it's less like it's interesting language because it's hard for us to unlearn things. And therefore, yes. we want to reject them, which is why everyone is so mad about pronouns. I'm like, bitch, you've been using pronouns your whole life. So if people ask you to use different ones, it's hard to unlearn and then we get frustrated and then we try to project that frustration back onto the person so I but but it is it's a challenge like to like relearn it and I've been in anytime I make a mistake though the people in my life that have no or that are non-binary tend to be very like oh no it's fine and like I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's all about, I think, you know, it's like intention and trying. But like when people are like, I'm not even going to try to do that. It's like, well, it's like, come on now. You could, you could fucking try. So to see a commercial like that, which obviously wouldn't exist today. It was also very funny that like, I think of like using crazy. It's like, they could be like, these deals have bipolar disorder. It's like, don't you see how odd that is? (laughs) Like he's sort of like playing into that. He's having some sort of like mental health episode. But at the same time, is like and you should trust me with your business <laughs> it's a little bit of mixed messaging honestly that's what we do here y'all know i'm unwell <laughs> like, on the brink of a psychotic break listen to me uh when i give you advice <laughs> and you do so i'm gonna like what's wrong with you this is your fault i'm gonna cancel you now okay so these are the commercials obviously they're very wild he was also the one, so this was Larry's idea. Remember, Larry was like, we're going to call you Crazy Eddie and we're just going to get you on here bonking yourself with a mallet and shit. He was also the one to find Jerry Carroll, the radio personality that would become the face of Crazy Eddie. So this is a, that's what we saw in the commercial. But the guy who we got saw get arrested. That was a different guy, was right? a different guy. Okay, yeah. I thought that he just had some sort of transformation. So I guess, like, Eddie didn't look crazy enough. And so uh, they had to go cast somebody. To play him? Yes. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. It is a little appealing, though. Right. I mean, I would have taken that job. You know how much the residuals are probably? <laughs> or, like, all the stuff you don't want to do. Like, you Hire don't want to be on, and so you just have somebody as your face. Oh, I would love I that. I feel like you would really like that. That's like living life like you're on a Zoom with the camera off. <laughs> oh, which is the best time, man. I'm doing anything over there. <laughs> So nice. So, uh, what if you could live like that? So though Eddie adamantly maintained that he was not crazy, in quotes, he did have his quirks, including wearing an old torn sweater for two years straight as a good luck charm. Okay, yeah, that's a quirk. Customers often complain that the TV spots were so horrible that they'd never go to the store. Yet the survey cards on which they complained were only located in the store. <laughs> what? Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> That's so interesting. I guess it was effective. It was like almost like you just need to see. Like, yeah. Is it as bad as it seems? It's like hate watching, but yeah. you're showing up hate to shopping. store. Hate shopping. You're like, I would never buy any of this shit. And then you're in there. I mean, I think I've done that. I think I have some as seen on TV products. I feel like every as seen on TV product is like a hate, you know, buy. I am such a sucker for advertising. Like, I, I have a ShamWow. Oh, <laughs> do you like it? Yeah, I got Orange Clean. Oh, my God. It works. I have to stop myself from ordering everything. What I really want to order, because I know it won't work, 
<laughs> is, this, is this thing cause to, to clean your dog's paws where it's like mm. almost like a water bottle that you like put the dog's paw into and then you, <laughs> you shake it up and down to like clean the paw. I don't know. There was like a week where that thing really got really? me. And then I and then I was like, Did your you dog's Instagram or? Yeah. But then I was like, I had to think it through. I was like, your dog's paw would be soaked. It would be so wet. Yeah, I don't isn't it just like use a towel at that yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. I use wipes. <laughs> Jam your dog hand into this little cup. <laughs> your dog is gonna love it. And then you like and then you just like aggressively shake it up. I don't know. But it it was very intriguing to me at one point in my life. You know what? I bet you they're cleaning the fuck up because it's just weird enough that some dog owners who are like obsessed with their dogs yeah. will get it. They're like, I already give my dog rabbit's foot and caviar. I might as well, like, shake its fucking hands up in the dog cup. Look, there's so many different types. Yeah, see, and then you put it, and then you put the dog's paw in there, and then and then it sort of has this, like, I don't know, like, yeah, rubbery a, cleaning thing. We'll and then you post this. What the <laughs> hell? This is bizarre. Look, they even got one with little spokes on it. They're like, you really want to get in yeah, there. Yeah, it really cleans it. But you, then afterwards, I imagine your dog is so sopping wet. So Yeah, you got to buy the blow-dryer attachment that comes. <laughs> that's in part two. Only three payments of five fifty nine ninety nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> the dogs look so unhappy. They do. They do look mad. I didn't even see that they couldn't get the little, uh, little Fido to smile. They have to Photoshop the dog smile. Yeah, all the dogs look like, what the fuck? Like, one is looking directly at camera like, hell, <laughs> the white one. <laughs> He's like, what is this goofy bitch doing to me? <laughs> a goofy also, ass. I just know my dogs would fight me the whole time. Like, it would be such a production to do this on four different paws every time. Oh, yeah, no, that's not worth the scratches. It's not worth the fight. So... Customers are complaining from the store that they would never go to the store. So, like, who's the fool now? So, Larry ended up creating over 3,500 Crazy Eddie film and television spots over the course of almost a decade. What is a film spot? Okay. Maybe during a a made-for-TV movie or something. Because I'm like, I better not be in an AMC and sit in Nicole Kim and be like, what I love about movies is like Crazy Eddie. I wonder why celebrities that are so rich do advertisements because they need to stay in your mind so that they can oh. get more jobs so that they can continue to sustain the level of attention that will make them feel whole enough to not feel like their life is falling off and then they're doomed to die okay well i have a lot to think about <laughs> because as a wild guess that yeah that that to me feels more why they're on tiktok I mean, it's it's why they're in commercials too. It's like yeah. if you're not filming a project, it used to just be in poor taste to do commercials because it was like, are you poor? Like, why are you doing commercials? <laughs> like, you should be mm-hmm. in movies and TV. But now they've skirted around that by doing endorsements. So you, now you do commercials, but you don't audition for them. You just somebody will be like, do you want to be the face of right? You know, a sponge. And then you're like, yeah, I'll be the face of a sponge. And then uh, you walk around with that sponge. I'm specifically talking about Eva Mendes. <laughs> <laughs> Eva Mendes be out here looking fine as fuck, walking through the fucking but doesn't she create this? Isn't it her sponge? sponge? It's not her company? She probably got some stake in the sponge, oh, okay. but how you go? She'd be so Oh, I'm thinking of the wrong person. The I'm thinking of uh, the, who has that honest company. 
Oh, that's Jessica Alba. Oh, okay. Whoops. Yeah. I mean, but like she, no, she, you know, gets a significant portion of them coins. And I love that it's just like they call the product honest. <laughs> so don't worry about what it's in it because it's honest, y'all. We ain't going to lie to you because look at the name. Yeah, but anyway, that's how they get around it. So that's a lot of commercial spots over yes. the course. And, of this but time. he's not in any of them. It's his. It's his alter ego. It, yes, it's the guy that they hired. Okay. So thanks to the commercial successes, which began airing in 1976, Crazy Eddie was eventually able to open more than 40 locations across the northeastern U.S. Oh my god! They were even such a like cultural phenomenon that they were parried on SNL. <gasps> that's how you know you've made it. Cool. So when Crazy Eddie started opening more stores outside of New York, there was huge turnout. 20,000 people showed up for the 1978 opening of his East Brunswick, New Jersey store. I fucking love that. I love that, like, there were no smartphones, there was no social media. So, bitch, we going to the opening of an electronic store. <laughs> it's a fucking lit. It was like the biggest event probably of the season, if not of the, the year. <laughs> that sounds like Bridgerton. <laughs> Everyone knows this Crazy Eddie's electronic store opening is the only time to find a, a husband. <laughs> Can you imagine being anywhere with 20,000 people and you're not in some sort of stadium? No, like on the Where'd street? they fit? How'd they fit? I don't believe, Actually, I don't I believe the numbers. Protest. I, I oh, have, protests. Yeah, yeah that's I have true. a protest, yeah. I'm trying to get some freedom. So I have been <laughs> on the streets, uh, but it wasn't as, it, it was kind of fun, but it wasn't, you know, fun. Uh, it wasn't like the TV store opening, which I wish I was at. This sounds so cool. <laughs> I'm serious. I wish I was in the Just time. to be like, a part of something. Right. Yeah. You don't have a phone. No one's like holding up their phone like, oh my God, guys, I'm at Crazy Eddie's. We're waiting to see if we're going to see Eddie and if he's going to make cry. Like, I would just be with people. Yeah. Just, You're just there for the experience of yeah. being there. Beautiful. Oh, man. I want that. I want that so bad. <laughs> so, as the stores gained more success and became known, Eddie hit on some hiccups that jeopardized the name that he was creating. So, in 1977, Eddie, who had noted drinking problems, got into a fight outside a nightclub and was stabbed in the abdomen. Damn! That's very 70s. Stabbing. Uh, you know, and I like it. Those, those simpler times. Um, so, the incident threw Crazy Eddie, a patron saint of the family-friendly electronics empire, into a new, darker light. So, now everybody's hearing about the stabbing, and they're like, Crazy Eddie was like our, our friend, and we, he was fun. And But I feel like if you receive the stabbing, that's different than if you've stabbed someone else. Yeah. Like, I feel bad for you. You got stabbed. That sucks. You're right. I would feel bad for Eddie. Well, I'm just going to call Eddie now because we know. Uh, yeah, I, I would feel bad for him. I don't see how they turned on him. So yeah. Eddie also started getting into some questionable investments. He gave millions of loans into a small Caribbean medical school in St. Lucia uh, that was about to default. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, he had shut down, it, like, he shut this business down in, like, six months. Wow, due to a federal lawsuit. So he was just, like, donating to, like, shady businesses and maybe, like, money, ooh, money laundry. Something was not on yeah. the up and up. Uh, so Eddie also stole the Crazy Eddie logo, which he used on everything from print ads to T-shirts. The logo was taken from a Zap Comics cover by cartoonist R. Crumb, who's years later admitted, I was sort of flattered. So the cartoonist let uh, Eddie steal their intellectual property. I was like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. I get that instinct. Yeah, because famous people get away with some wild shit because you're just like, I want to be, prox you know, in proximity to fame. Or like someone liked my stuff enough to steal it. Yeah. When it's like, no, they owe you like a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a real that they really ripped it right off. Yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> Judith keeps going back and forth. I put up a side by side on the instrument when they, they were stealing, stealing. Okay. <laughs> so by the mid 1980s, Crazy Eddie, the brand, had reached a sort of pop culture notoriety that Max Headroom and Kate Bush earned. So note that Max Headroom was a news anchor like character that hosted the channel for I know somebody screaming that I don't know who Max Headroom is at home. That's him. Oh. I don't know who that's that a is. real person. And Kate Bush. Kate Bush I feel like I know who Kate Bush is. She's a musician, right? Yeah. Did she do that run up the hill? I think yes. Kate Bush is Yeah, the original woman's work that Maxwell redid. Okay, no, I know Kate Bush. I'm putting some respect on Kate. Okay. okay. Yeah, but I don't know who Max Headroom is. So on paper, he was also becoming wildly commercially successful, making $350 million in annual revenues. What? $350 million? But I, you have to think, like, is that what he's getting? Or is that what his 40 stores are getting with all of the employees? Yeah, we're just talking revenue. We're not talking, okay. like, profit. But still, to rake it that much... You're doing great. Yeah. You're doing great fraud. So in reality, finally the scam, Eddie was pushing his customers to pay in cash and pocketed the sales tax. He also became skilled in the wild world of insurance fraud. (laughs) I would love that he just burns down every store. You are right on the money. Really? Uh, yes. So if so if a store had a flood or had it was or had pipes burst in the winter, he'd instruct employees to move poorly performing merchandise into the flooded store. So not quite a fire, but he was like, okay, he was- we got a flood. Y'all bring all them clock <laughs> radios and you toss them in the water. And was he starting these floods or he was just letting them happen and then taking advantage of them? I don't know. You know, sometimes flood- floods just floods will happen. happen. And then, you know, sometimes we leave a faucet on for days. Right. You know, and it's an accident. So he'd then be able to claim that they accidentally damaged merchandise at a, at a loss. Former employees claim that even if the water damage wasn't that much, Eddie would turn on the hose. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, he, so technically he was just embellishing a flood. Okay. He was like, this flood could be better. <laughs> I love this idea in a sense. Like, if, like, you, you, like, have a small stain on your shirt and then you're like, well, fuck it. And then you just dump, like, your whole meal on it where yeah. you're like, now I have to replace it. Right. Or I, I guess it would be like... He, he like there was something bad that happened actually, but he saw it as an opportunity. He was like, oh my God, this flood. Wait, what if it was a bigger flood? <laughs> love it. I love that. He he gets inspired and I, I'm inspired as well. So at the same time, Eddie's dad, Sam, wasn't pleased. Not because his son was doing questionable legal things, but because he'd surpassed him in every single way. So now his dad is like jealous because he's like, Crazy Eddie is so famous and, 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 you know, he's doing all these floods and making all this money. And I feel like I'm jealous of my son. So Sam hatched a plot to oust Eddie. He knew Eddie was cheating on his wife, Debbie, with another woman named Debbie. Wait, okay. I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> and one is I think we have proved our thesis that, that he grew up with not great morals. Oh, oh yeah. His dad is a hater. His dad is a horrible guy. His dad is jealous of him. And two, I really do think that it's very clever to have an affair with someone who has the same name as your wife. Yes. Because you can't mess up the names. At all. Oh, Debbie. <laughs> right? Who knows what Debbie you're talking about? We don't. We will never know. We, will we never don't need know. to. 
And and so everyone referred to the other Debbie as Debbie too. <laughs> Wait, oh yeah, I'm going to dinner with Deb. Wait, Deb, one or two. <laughs> oh I love this. See, that was a mistake. They shouldn't, because then you could mess that up. Right. Yeah. Then, <laughs> you could easily mess that up. So if Sam could force his son to divorce, he could reasonably fire Eddie to protect his one-third claim in the company from falling into Debbie's hands. So this man went and tried to get his, like, ruin his son's marriage so that he could ruin his son. Wow. For fun. Is Sam the real, you know, protagonist of this story? Maybe. It's giving main character. Right? That guy goes across however many lanes he wants to when he's on the way somewhere. No matter the traffic. No matter the traffic. This man is making turns on the freeway, okay? (laughs) Just driving the opposite direction. He's not fast and the furious to say, man, I'll live my life like that. Evil. So in 1984, Sam let it slip to Debbie that Eddie was going to be spending New Year's Eve with Debbie too. Not, Not investors, as he had told her. Mm. Wow. That's a huge betrayal. He's like, as your father-in-law, I just, it hurts my heart to see you just getting cheated on like this. Like, he's giving Debbie Two all the money and diamonds, and he's putting his penis in her a lot. So much penis in her and not you. (laughs) Wouldn't she be like, what is a Debbie Two? (laughs) The assumption that they would know she would be like, Debbie Two? (laughs) No, 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 don't ask questions about that. We don't have time. If you want to catch him in the act. <laughs> like, what? Wild stuff. So Debbie and Eddie's sister found Eddie parked in a limo in Manhattan waiting for his mistress and confronted him. Wow. While well, he had a limo for his mistress. On New Year's Eve. That's bold as fuck to spend New Year's Eve without your partner. Like, yeah. there's a whole thing where you, like, kiss at right. midnight. If you wait up. I yeah. tend to go to bed before. Yeah. So if you do, but then you get to kiss, you do mouth stuff. So it's like, <laughs> how dare you? Like, this is fucked up. So according to family retellings of the incident, a screaming match began involving all three women, culminating in Eddie slapping his sister across the face. Police were called, but Eddie took off in his limo before they arrived. I love the idea that Eddie's driving his own limo. <laughs> That's what I want now. I want that to be what it is. And he's like, he hops in, he's like, Grr! like the, the longest getaway car. And he's and he's wearing a little chauffeur hat yes. too. They were they were doing a little little role. Drive around down the partition, please. It's Eddie. Oh, I love that. I hope he was driving. This is, that's the only way I'm going to think about it now. So the incident was henceforth dubbed by the family the New Year's Eve massacre. Eddie and Debbie did divorce shortly after, but he escaped financial ruin by having her sign divorce papers without reading them. Now, Debbie. Oh, no. Debbie, you can't read glasses? Instead of signing away 50% of his share of the company as promised, the fine print now promised her a big hot slice of bupkis. He retained his part of the company. These people are really, like, out-maneuvering each other at every turn. They're, yeah, and, like, I love a fine print that's just bupkis. (laughs) I hope that's what it's... (laughs) And then she she went in to get her money from the company, and the lawyer was like, oh, no, you didn't see the bupkis clause? Yeah, yeah, it's line item 176. Yeah, you get bupkis. Assuming that's, like, a legal term she's never heard before. (laughs) 
like, I didn't know about the bupkis clause. <laughs> so that's exactly what I got. I thought bupkis was like a part of the company. <laughs> Um, given given like what that company is like I wouldn't be that shocked if there was like a bupkis room of like the appliances she will have 50% of the bupkis <laughs> she's like I get 50% I get half you're like I'm nothing damn so getting caught let's yeah let's get to it so however Eddie's biggest fraud and the one that would get him caught began in 1984 in September of that year he took the company public and investors snatched up nearly 2 million do- shares of crazy Eddie's uh, for 8 a piece under the ticker CRZY. So even on the NASDAQ. Wow. You know, it's a very big deal to go public and yeah. not something you should do when you're really into scams and frauds because yeah. then people are like paying attention to what you're doing. Like there's people who now are invested, right. you know, who have gambled on your company because that's yeah. all the fucking stock market is and they want more money, profits, profits, profits. It honestly, I wish the, the stock market didn't exist because that's why every business has to like basically be squeezing blood from a stone and killing all their workers. Okay, so I have long suspected that the stock market is bullshit and and I feel like I'm oh often people fight me on that, but you agree. No, it is, it it's, is it's right? It's literally gambling. It's it is. corporate gambling. It's so corrupt. And like think about this. When and just like that had Mr. Big die on the Peloton, Peloton stock dropped the next day 13%. That is a fact. So, but you can't tell me the stock market's not vibes. It's just it's vibes. vibes. It's vibes, right? Okay, yeah. Great. And then you, you know, you if you have too much money and you want to get involved in vibes, and then you know, make every company a capitalist hellscape. Uh, yeah, you do that. So, <laughs> also, I own stock. Look, I told you, I yeah, get involved I own, in scams. I have stock as well. <laughs> yeah, like, look, I know it's a scam, but I'm still gonna get involved. Like, the fuck you mean? Get it, robbing me? Whatever. Um, yeah. So the stock climbed 25% in a, just a year, driven by record profits. The problem was the company's profits were an illusion created by Eddie, reducing the amount they skimmed from sales, meaning that because they were stealing less from the company, it looks like they were making more money. So the profit that he turned was he stopped stealing a little bit from his own company like he was doing before. And he was like, wow, we got record profits because I didn't put them in my bank account. Interesting. So... In a way, though, the company is doing better. Yeah. It (laughs) feels valid. It feels like the opposite of a scam. Yeah. It grew because the main parasite stopped, you know, sucking up the teeth. Yeah. It feels, I don't know. It feels like, I don't know. I don't believe y'all. Like, I'm with Eddie on this. (laughs) Life is what you make it. You did turn to profits. So it all began to fall in, in 1987, or 87, excuse me, the company faced a hostile takeover from its stockholders. Ooh, Uh-oh. Secession. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited for you yes. to come back. I am, too. I don't know what they're talking about half the time, but it's no, no. riveting. Which, that That's a show about vibes. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> they're like, the merger, the hostile takeover, father. And I'm like, this is just empire, but with a bunch of jargon that I don't understand. You can't fool me. <laughs> this is the drip, drop, drip, drippity drop. Okay? But with white people and, and, and a lot of money. Yeah. A lot yeah. of money. A lot of money. But that's exactly what it is. The company. And they're also, like, all, like, not American, which shocks me every time when I hear them in an interview. I know. Yeah. When they start, when they open up their mouths, I'm like, like, whoa, what's going on? Tom, that's not your voice. Like, that's not how you talk? Honestly, now I feel disrespected. (laughs) You making fun of me? (laughs) They talking about our mamas. They always do that. The stockholders get involved. They're looking in the books right now, which obviously these books are zesty. They're spicy. They're cooked, Mm -hmm. right? 
They're on a walk. <laughs> yes, they're in the walk. Yeah. Yes, they're definitely in the walk. Um, and the walk is very full of fraud. So they uncover this massive fraud, including stock manipulation, over $45 million in inventory that did not exist. So the stock manipulation, and they were like, we got all this stuff that they were like, where is this stuff? Oh, um, it's at the warehouse. I covered it in hose water. <laughs> it actually all got wet. <laughs> all this stuff is... Um, so y'all know when Noah built the ark, you follow me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in 1989, the Crazy Eddie chain filed for bankruptcy protection. Note that this is the photo of Crazy Eddie location going out of business. So this was a Crazy Eddie. It said, everything must be sold now, going out of business. I love that this was in a time before everything must go. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't really have a, you know, it's hard. It doesn't roll off your tongue. It doesn't. Everything must be sold, sold now. now. Hey, I like the now. Everything has to go out today, so please come and buy it. And then you drive right by now. six months later, and it's the same sign. <laughs> yeah, if I'm driving by, that's too much to read. Yeah, I'm gonna get to everything must, and I'm gonna be like, some of these stores, though, I swear, go out of business for months at a time. Oh yeah, and it's like you are. You're, you're not going out you're of You're not business. really going. I think you're perpetually going yeah, out of business. It creates urgency. It's it does, just like it how does. there's a stock or, or not uh, a price uh, tool that people use. Like um, there's certain stores that you go into them and they're always 30% off. They're always having a sale. Uh, and it's because they want people to feel like they're getting a deal, even though the price is never changed like that's how aeropostale used to work like i used to work there and literally every week we was putting up a new sale sign and nothing was really for fucking sale we just wanted people to think that high of like get, getting a deal and you know what i love that yeah i fall for it and i love it and i don't want it to go away because <laughs> it's a rush it is a rush there's nothing like picking over the carcass of a failing store okay. i went to a sears in savannah and i was in the gold section <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, give me that chain. <laughs> it's like three shirts in there and just two of the saddest employees you've ever seen. Oh, no. I love it. So meanwhile, they find out all this shit, right? Meanwhile, Eddie fled the country with six passports in five different names, around $43 million in cash, and Debbie, too. Debbie, too? Yes. Debbie, too, too? Wow. Debbie, too, too. <laughs> Yeah, not Debbie one two. No, Te Debbie, Debbie two two. 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 Yes. Wow. Yes, they was on the run like Jay Z and Beyonce. I guess so. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of identities. I think he. I think he's yeah. setting himself up for success. Forty three mil in the late eighties, and you got Debbie two two. Wow, oh, y'all good. <laughs> so for three years, he destination hopped between Tel Aviv, Zurich, Sao Paulo, and the Cayman Islands before finally getting arrested in nineteen ninety two. When he was extradited back to the United States, he pled guilty to federal fraud charges. He cut a deal that if he testified against his cousin, he would face less prison time. Eddie ended up being sentenced to eight years in prison in order to pay more than $150, or $150, $150 million in fines. Uh, however, however, just weeks after sentencing, the man his prosecutor dubbed the Darth Vader of retail claimed he was never involved in any fraud and the ruin of the company was due to its new management. Wait. I don't believe that. So when he was released from prison in 1999, the internet was booming and consumer electronic chains were starting to struggle a la Circus City, which had the plug pulled on it. Uh, so now people are buying stuff online. We have a mugshot here. Um, Eddie looks... He looks confident. Yeah, he, he looks rich. Yeah, he looks, looks like he doesn't think he's going to be there for long. 
Yeah, he does look like he's just stomping through. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like he's giving like, like a, somebody asked for a photo. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I ain't keeping Eddie in this. Just he's like, I'm about to be helicoptered out of here, and right. you don't know what's coming. <laughs> It's like, I mean, you're gonna regret yeah, this. He's gonna, he's got the whole team breaking him You'll out. You'll be sorry you ever touched Eddie. Love this. So when he gets out of prison, his whole industry is like basically becoming defunct. Extinct. Yeah. So you know, Eddie attempted to launch an online Crazy Eddie's, believing that his reputation. Um, <laughs> he stuck with the same he, name. Yes, and need for online stores would take it to the top. He thought everyone loves Eddie. <laughs> So I'm just gonna should they still fucking with me? Yeah, I went to prison for fraud. Yeah, I flooded a bunch of stuff and I, I sold shitty products, but everybody love your boy Eddie. I wonder if Debbie Two is still around. I know. Did Debbie Two wait while he was in jail? I don't she know. built the website. <laughs> she built it while he was in jail. Yeah, that's a great year. Listen, she did leave the country with him. Yeah. So she's down. I think I'm sorry. If you are able to get out of the country and you have a fake identity. Why would you ever go to a country that has an extradition policy with the U.S.? Yeah, that's just a that's just Eddie, a basic mistake. You should. Oh, they didn't have Google though, so oh, maybe he didn't know. Yeah, I guess yeah. you got to get an encyclopedia to figure out the extradition. <laughs> Where can I flee to? Yeah, you got to call the operator. Yeah, how do you get that information? <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Who tells you that? Yeah, you gotta. So, so Eddie, we won't judge you because you couldn't just easily look up. <laughs> Who fucks with the U.S. and who doesn't? So uh, he tried to, you know, open it up. But investors didn't want to touch Eddie. So the website was taken down by 2004. Eddie died of unknown causes at the age of 69 in September 2016. Uh, The New Yorker writer Michael Shulman wrote of his death. A criminal like Bernie Madoff was the nightmare you try to forget. But Eddie was the fever dream you try to remember, even though it was strange and scary and made no sense. And I love rich white people acting like them getting their money taken for them was like Fallujah. <laughs> like what? I, it was I, scary and dark and he jumped like what? I guess I'm still a little unclear on what this scam was and who it hurt. Seems like it hurt insurance companies. Yeah. Which I'll be honest I don't really care that much about. No. Um, and then I guess once it became a public company it hurt Rich the, the rich people. But for years, it seemed like regular people were getting a great deal on electronics. And having a good time. And having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> they were partying like it was fucking 1999 in the parking lot of an electronics store, okay? And you, it was the 70s. You know they were hot. Yeah, I don't know. I, that I, was I like feel like stop. people done much worse than what this guy did. He's got people a great steal. <laughs> he didn't even seem like he was stealing the electronics. He was just getting yeah. them at a discount. I don't know. Exactly. Eddie, Eddie the scam itself, like, I kind of like it. <laughs> you as a person, you're trash. I still remember that you slapped your sister and drove oh, off yeah. in your limo. <laughs> right. But no, you don't get a, no, you're not a good guy. You're not a good guy. guy, but I do feel like this is less, I don't feel so sad about this scam as yeah. I would about other scams. I agree. I agree. Because I bet so many people got really nice TVs. That's true. <laughs> and then and maybe mildly flooded clock radios. Yeah, right. I love this guy. I, I, I mean, I hate him, <laughs> but you know I love his scam. All right, y'all. 
time for the saddest part of the show, the end where I have to let Allison go. But before we do, quick scammer of the week. Uh, scammer of the week is where we highlight an individual or maybe a group of criminals that are worthy of our praise. Or maybe not. We'll see. So it says, since October 2022, photographer Joss Avery has been growing in popularity as he posts these stunning portraits on his Instagram account. And we have a picture. <gasps> very of beautiful. Portrait. Yeah, very beautiful. He's known for haunting stills of models and posts the photos with short stories and names of the subjects such as strong Sarah and resilient Richard. Oh no. All of the stories. How did he get this man covered in snow like this? I don't this know. This man looks frozen to death. <laughs> I feel like a blanket should have been given to him, not like a photo. I feel like they put the snow on him. Yeah, it's given they put the snow on him. Yeah. Like he's in his studio and they just put some snow on him. It's kind of working for me, though. So his work has been met with big support from fellow photographers, with one commenting, thank you for the inspiration to provide day after day with your wonderful portraits. I stop, take a long look, reflect, and most certainly learn from every post you share. Wow. That's a really good... <laughs> That's a really nice compliment. <laughs> Damn. That's the kind of compliment you screenshot for later. Right, so that you can look <laughs> yeah. at it. Yeah. Literally, I printed out something today that was the nicest thing I've ever read in an email so that I could read it. I love that. All the time. Yeah, yeah I screenshot nice comments so I can yeah. look back at them. Yeah, when I'm like feeling down. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to look at it later. So, <laughs> in a response, Joss wrote, this is a photographer. He says, thanks very much for taking the time to share that. It means a lot. It did mean a lot. It meant a lot to me, too. The problem is, it's recently been revealed that all of Joe's portraits are actually created with publicly available AI engine, Midjourney, and finished in Photoshop. Wow. So I'm, none of these people exist. They're all fake people. Yeah, they're fake people. So so strong Sarah, she ain't out there. And so they're <laughs> fake people, and then the stories obviously are fake as well. So I don't know yet about that, but Joss reached out to the magazine Ars Techna when he reached 26K followers to admit his deception. So it's interesting to me that he came out and said, like, okay, I have 26K followers. I'm going to tell on myself. Like, it feels like this is giving blackmail. It's giving somebody figured you out Mm -hmm. and and you had to get ahead of it. So while he claims that his intention was to show the artifice of AI and how it's comparable to makeup, Joss has previously always interacted with his growing fan base as if he was a genuine photographer so he's like this was all a commentary a social commentary and it's like but bro we saw you under the photos like yeah i took this one at sunset (laughs) well he had to keep that going to get to the commentary (laughs) (laughs) that was all a part of the bit yeah y'all just wasn't in on it yet right and y'all gave me money Yeah, y'all just went in on the bit. So, uh, as of now, Joss told ours, the magazine, Frankly, I'm not entirely sure how to proceed. Flushing 15K followers is not easy to do. So he's like, I don't know. I'm famous now. So, just like a Eddie, <laughs> I got to give people what they want. <laughs> and I'm going to keep doing this. Like, as if, as if the people that are following him are like, I cannot lose this account. Right. This is the only account that I follow. I won't have access like, to any have you social seen media. My comments? The girls will die. <laughs> now he's at, wait, how many followers is he? I have bad vision. Oh, he has 36K followers now. So his followers he's went up. He's going up. And he's still posting photos. Interesting. He's owning the scam. I love it. Mm-hmm. Get some brand deals. Yes. 
But also, I don't like to look at AI people. So those are all fake people? That's wild. Yes. And what's bizarre to me with the fake people is, like, the AIs tend to lean towards more Eurocentric features. The women tend to be more traditionally attractive. uh, And the men. And, I mean, like you can tell he tries to put some little variations in here to make it not so. But it's just bizarre to me. It's very weird. Like, when everyone was posting those AI photos of themselves, and I was like, y'all just giving up y'all faces all willy-nilly. Ah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do, man? The world's on fire, bro. Right? <laughs> it was fucking snowing in Burbank. It was like a palm tree and snow happening in L.A. Like, it's over, man. I want to see what I look like as a princess. <laughs> you, yeah, y'all, y'all look at yourselves as a princess, okay? You put your booty hole up to the retinal scanner. Oh, my God. <laughs> look at yourself as a as a fucking robot that's really sexy. Ah, all right. Allison, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I had so much fun. We always ask on this podcast, where would you like to be found? Anything you want to promote, your socials. You have great social media, and I really think you, y'all follow her. Get, in, get involved. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I love to promote Emotional Support Lady, yeah. which is my mental health brand i guess on instagram and it's also a sub stack so you can check that out i've got my weekly podcast just between us um and then additionally my book overthinking about you if you're if you're struggling with um dating and mental health yes i love this I, i'm gonna have to pick that up because i i'm not i don't have anybody to struggle with right now but uh you know i'm a manifest <laughs> Look, if you if you want to just have some chats, I'd love to do it. Would yes, love to chat. Love uh, as always, if you want to see all these amazing photos, scamgoddesspod at gmail.com. I think there's like a lot of images, so this is probably going to be a two-parter post, y'all. So don't be underneath the post like, where the other photos are <laughs> You just go post. Ugh. Y'all get on my nerves. Anyway, I love y'all. Uh, and you can follow me at D-I-P-A-L-A-C-I-D-V-A-L-A-C-I on all platforms. And you can still watch The Lopez Show. And pretty soon you'll be able to watch another season. And invite Carly. Uh, that's the thing. That's all I got. All right, congregation, stay walking. <laughs> this has been an Earwolf production in association with Team Coco. Scam Goddess stars and is hosted by me, Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. The Scam Goddess. Our producer is Judith Cargbo. Our recording engineer is Abby Aguilar. And our audio editor is Jesse Karen. Research for the show is done by Kaylin Brandt. Stay scamming. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.